minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday, the 10th of Av. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. As per our tradition, when the 10th of Av is on a weekday, we present the stories of Reb Shlomo Kalbach, a whole bunch of other stuff going on today, including plenty of information and uh, guests on the radio here at JM in the AM. But we begin and continue until 9 a.m. with stories of Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach on the 10th of Av here at JM in the AM. Master, 
kisses from my children For my sweetest Michelin And for my sweetest Dari Someday you together with all the children of the world You'll have your own children
Harrison. It was 1550. We were so persecuted. We were so poor. We lived in the in the ghetto in Krakow. But there was one rich Jew, and his name was Yosselin. But he was the greatest miser in the world. His whole life, he never gave one penny to one Jew. And you know something? He must have a heart of stone. You know, my beautiful friends, a miser is not part of the world because the world is created by God. If you're not giving, you're not part of society. Who would say good shabbos to him? Who would bless him as a good year? When Yosela walks the streets, people throw stones at him and call him a dirty miser. One day the burial society was told Yosela is dying. They rushed to his bedside and they said, Yosela, you never gave a single penny to the poor. It's your last chance. Give us thousand rubles. That will be the money for your grave, and we will give it to the poor. But Yosele, obviously at the heart of stone, he says, "I cannot afford more than fifty rubles." They got so angry at him, and they said, "Yosele, you can't take the one with you anyway." But he says, "No, I'm not giving more than fifty." They said, "Okay, Yosele, we are not going to bury you." He just smiled and he says, "I'll bury myself. I did a lot of things by myself." They said, "If you don't give a thousand rubles, we will not bury you." They got up to walk out. At that moment, was his end. He said, "Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad." God is one. But it was so ugly because they thought. I guess he's thinking about the money he saved. They walked out and they kept their word. Yesterday night, Sunday night, they didn't bury him on Monday. They didn't bury him on Tuesday. They didn't bury him Wednesday all day. Wednesday night, one of his neighbors. We can't let him lie. There, he has a wife and children. After midnight, not to be noticed, single-handed, he threw Yosele on a wagon, drove out to the cemetery, buried him outside the cemetery under a tree. So you think this is the end of the story? Open your hearts, friends. of Krakow was one of the great Kabbalists, one of the holy of holiest, and his name was Reb Kahn. 
it's Thursday night The poor man knocked on his door and he said, I'm coming Give me some money to buy food For the holy Shabbos, the covered Shabbos Abkama says, I'll be so happy to give you some money But why today? I know you for so long, you never asked me says, Rab Kamen, I want you to know For 20 years For 20 years I don't have a job Can't make a living But every Thursday morning Every Thursday morning Under my broken door Under my broken heart My broken life It's five hobbles And on the envelope it says The covered Shabbos And on of Shabbos But not today But not today Two minutes later there was another knock on the door Woman says, Rabbi, give me money for Shabbos. Where were you last week? Huh. For the last ten years, every Thursday morning under my broken door, there's an envelope. It's two hobbles. That night all the poor people came. And everybody told of that envelope. Five rubles Another envelope was two rubles Another envelope was ten rubles The covered shamans Join me, all of you, with all your hearts So broken. Carmen was so broken. We didn't even bury him. But above all, he says to the poor people, I don't understand. How did he know you so well? The one who gave two rubles, the one who gave five, the one who gave two. So this is what they told him. Every poor man once in his life thought, maybe I'll get through to Yosele. So every one of the poor people At one time, at one time in their life They knocked on the door of Yosele And Yosele the Holy Miser Opened the door with so much love So much sweetness They opened their hearts And Yosele said, please sit down and tell me everything a pencil and a paper and write down what's your name and sweetest deed what's your name he would say my name is Avremale 
person and picked up Avremele and threw him down the steps and he says, don't you ever dare coming back. You really think I'm crazy? You think I, Yosele, will give you my precious money? Get away from here. Avremele would go home and tell his wife, he is crazy. But Thursday night, Thursday morning, was an envelope under Vremel in the water carrier's door to keep his children alive the covered shabbos the covered shabbos Rup Kalman was beside himself Rup Kalman was crying he says to the poor people Rabbi Yossele supported all of us. He kept all of you poor people alive. We didn't bury him. And your children, whom he kept alive, would throw stones at him wherever he walks. Come and announce on Shabbos this Sunday. It'll be a fast day. Everyone is to be here to ask Yossele for forgiveness. The whole community came. Sunday they were crying, Yosele, holy miser, Yosele, forgive me, Yosele, bless me. Just about sunset, Nebuchadnezzar says to the people, I have a feeling we didn't reach him yet. Nebuchadnezzar opened the holy ark and he yelled and he cried from the deepest depths of his heart. And he says, Yosele. fell to the floor and people thought God forbid he had a heart attack but he was just asleep and in his dream he saw Yosele but not the way he is here but the way he's shining up there in heaven and Yosele says them come and please tell all my brothers and sisters to go home there's no need to ask me for forgiveness I wanted it this way. They wanted to have the privilege to give us up. Anybody knowing, only the one, the one who knows everything, I wanted him to know. Please tell the poor people, I thank everyone who ever came to my house to visit me. Thank you so much for pouring out your heart to me. And please tell them I'm here in paradise. 
Sitting next to Father Abraham Next to our Holy Mother Sarah Have everything But there's one thing I need There's one thing I'm missing I would give up all of paradise For just one more Thursday morning There are no poor people in heaven There are no broken doors in heaven There are not envelopes to cover chambers Tell the poor people I miss them The comment says, Yossele, how did it feel to be buried all by yourself? Yossele smiled I'm coming Believe me I was not alone Avram Avinu Yitzhak Avinu Yaakov Avinu The four holy mothers Moshiach Yosef David They were all there King David walked behind me Playing a song Held the candle in front of me religion it's maybe the oldest they give us the honor of being the host the first night the rabbi in that city happens to be a very wonderful rabbi he organized a kosher meal for all the members of the conference with so much love in the air so much sweetness so much respect for each other I noticed Bishop, and he came as his assistant bishop, and he told me my name is Joe. There's something so special about him. He was shining. I wanted to tell a Kiddush story, but I decided to tell the story of Yerushalayim, the holy miser. Since I heard it from my father. Let me give it over to them.
minister of Yosemite, the holy miser? There were so many tears. So many tears. The next day the Catholics were supposed to be the hosts, but something went wrong with the kitchen and the church, and they asked the rabbi to have another kosher meal. But I was not the host, so I was sitting in a corner. Joe, the assistant bishop, came up to me and he says, I want you to know, the story you told yesterday was so beautiful. The bishop couldn't sleep all night. And I, I'll never be able to tell you how much it means to me. But please, the bishop invites you to tell the story one more time. I told the story again and again. Tears. My heart was filled with steps. I was there for a whole week. The last night I gave a concert for the whole university. A second before I go on stage, Joe the bishop comes to me and I saw he's beside himself. He's crying. He says, please don't think I'm crazy. But I must hear the story one more time. I promise after the concert, I will tell you my story. Join me, da da da. students at the concert and I'm sure everyone was a few inches closer to heaven they told the story of Yosela the holy miser and again there was an ocean of tears I'll never forget it as long as I live after the concert Joe the assistant bishop and myself we went for a long walk Walked for a long time in silence. Suddenly, Joe the bishop stopped and he says, I'm sorry to tell you, I was lying to you. Well, my name is not Joe, my name is Yosele from Krakow. I want you to know. Was found half dead in Dachau. An American soldier 
took a liking to her, took her with him to America, they cured her. And then he married her under the condition that she'll never tell the children that she is Jewish. My father's a very devout Catholic, so you see. I'm an assistant bishop. A few weeks ago, my mother called me and she says, Doctor gave me three more days to live. I'm very sick. Please come immediately. I cannot leave this world until I tell you my story. Came to her bedside. And this is what she said. Forgive me. I was lying to you. Your name is Nacho. Your name is Yosele from Kako. After my holy father, Kajan is a chassid, the holy of holiest, one of the richest Jews in Krakow. His house was like the house of Abraham. Two people ate there, they lived there, they gave everything away. And we are descendants. Of Yasalah the Holy Miser. And my father was named after Yasalah. Yasalah from Krakow. For three days my mother told me everything what she knew, and even what she didn't know. She told me how holy it is to be a Jew. She told me Shabbos and Yantem, Yem Kippus and Mustara. She told me all about my Seder, about my grandfather, about my grandmother. She told me everything there is and everything there isn't. After three days she left the world. She held my hand and she said, Joe, don't forget, you're not Joe. You're Yosalev from Krakow. So torn apart. Didn't know what to do with myself anymore. On one hand, I'm Joe the Bishop, but I'm also Yosef and Krakow. Here I am, a devout Catholic. This is my career. I put my whole life into it. But yet, I'm not a Catholic. I'm a Jew. Didn't know what to do with myself. Two weeks ago, I was up all night begging before God, before the only one. And this is what I said. Master of the world, give me a sign what you want me to be. And I said, if someone comes to me and just says the words, Yosela from Krakow, that will be my sign. That you want me to be a Jew. Can you imagine? He says, here I'm coming to this ecumenical meeting. And the first thing I hear is Yosalev from Krakow. Yosalev from Krakow. He says, I swear to you. I saw my holy mother standing behind you. 
could see her tears flowing over your forehead. And when you said the story, Yosef in Krakow, I knew. My mother reminding me that I'm not Joe anymore. I'm Yosef from Krakow. He put his hand in his pocket, he pulled out a ticket. Says New York to Lviv. He says tomorrow morning at dawn I'm leaving. I'm not taking anything with me. I'm flying to New York, New York to Lviv. You will not hear from me for a long time because I know my father will call the international police to look for me. I don't. I don't ever want my father to know that my mother told me that she's Jewish because he really did save her life. One thing I promise you, the one, the only one, will give me the privilege to marry in Yerushalayim, the holy city. The night before the wedding, I will go to the holy wall, and I will write you a letter. Whenever I came to Yerushalayim, I'm looking for Joe the bishop, but how could I recognize him? I'm sure we know he has a beard and pears, and he doesn't have a big cross hanging down his neck anymore. Couldn't find him. 1979. So many years later, one day I'm going to my office and I'm holding a letter in my hands. On one side it says my name, on the other side it says Yossele from Krakow. Yerushalayim, the holy city. I'll be shaking until Mashiach is coming, just remembering when I open the letter. And this is what it says to my friend and brother Shlomo. Thank you for all eternity to remind me that I am not Joe, that I am Yosef from Krakow.
J.M. in the A.M. Stories of Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach, both Yesela the Holy Miser and Yesela 1974, as Rabbi Shlomo puts it. Wednesday morning broadcast, Regesh, of course, Modani opened things up. It's our 10th of Av custom at J.M. in the A.M. to play the stories of Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach, and I thank you so much for joining us. It's Wednesday the 17th of July. 10th of Menachem Av, the year 5773. Exciting week already here at JMNAM as we're getting set for our big trip to Camp Hask later today. We'll be visiting Hask and actually recording tomorrow morning's JM in the AM this afternoon with our friends at Camp Hask. That should be fun. Feature the brand new Hask 26, which is out, and um, which is a double CD and DVD, and just uh, have a lot of fun with the campers and counselors up there. Want to give a big ashikach to everybody, especially uh, two groups of people, Rabbi Weil and Rabbi Weinrib from the OU, who were remarkable. We had them on the stream yesterday uh, for Tisha B'Av inspiration. I actually had was in the car toward the latter part of the morning after JM and the AM and was listening in on our app. And it was just a phenomenal presentation, so I thank both of them very much, and I thank the OU for the incredible partnership yesterday, and also last night an incredible partnership uh, to the point where once or tri- twice I think we crashed the entire system. It was unbelievable how many people around the world were tuned in as Charlie Harari was at our home base in New York City and spending the last couple of hours, at least in the Eastern time zone, last couple of hours of the fast with everybody. It was uh, quite a presentation Remarkable success, a big Yashikach, the project inspired to Charlie Harari and everybody involved in that project. It was really something. Here we go at JM and the AM on a uh, pre-Nachamu, pre-Nachamu period of time. By the way, speaking of pre-Nachamu, Erev Shabbos Nachamu this coming Friday, Malcolm Holmline will not be with us. He has a uh, he has a meeting in Tel Aviv that's going to preclude him being able to uh, join us for a weekly update. So uh, between uh, this week and then next week's... Um, uh, Champions Gate uh, YU Leadership Conference that we're going to be broadcasting from. Uh, I believe Malcolm will return to the airwaves a week, uh, two weeks from this coming Friday. That is our schedule, so we will uh, present that um, at the appropriate time. We've got our uh, three weeks format continuing until noon today. At noon, Yossi Zweig is going to do a live Z-Report Wednesday live lunch where he will transition from an acapella format to a regular format. That's excitement on the stream with a Wednesday live lunch for the 10th of Av. I love those transition live lunches. And Yossi Zweig will take care of that today, so make sure to be uh, tuned in and enjoy. Um, simple as that. I want to thank everybody who came out yesterday to Mincha at the Isaiah Wall. We had a wonderful crowd, especially with the weather conditions the way they were and with the All-Star Game Parade going through Manhattan the way it was. We had a wonderful uh, representation um, yesterday at uh, at the Isaiah Wall. So big yeshikach to everybody. And I wanted to remind everybody, just like my Avi Weiss uh, reminded us all yesterday, there is something happening tomorrow morning at the Argentinian Consulate. Uh, join Rabbi Avi Weiss tomorrow morning at 8.30 at the consulate, 12 West 56th Street of Manhattan, for a memorial service to mark the 19th anniversary of the precise moment when an Iranian-directed uh, terror bomb killed 85 and injured hundreds in and outside the Amiya Jewish Community Building in Buenos Aires. The memorial will also condemn as a whitewash the Argentinian government's recent creation of a joint truth commission with Iran to investigate the bombing. For info, you can call AMCHA at 718-796-4730. 
And uh, again, big thank you to our listeners for coming through yesterday at Mincha. Tomorrow, 8.30 in the morning, 12 West 56th Street. Everybody is encouraged to attend. So please do so. Uh, we'll be at Hask later today. We'll be actually recording uh, tomorrow morning's JM in the AM. That should be a lot of fun. We anticipate a great visit uh, with our friends up at uh, Camp Hask. And uh, you'll hear all about it tomorrow morning. I can guarantee you that between 6 and 9 a.m. 13 minutes before 7 o'clock. D.A. of Brooklyn, Charles Hines, is going to visit us later on. We'll get Bill de Blasio on. He had a major statement this week uh, regarding uh, uh, the Middle East, and we'll talk about that coming up with him. And we may even check in with Aaron Bronstein, who I believe has now officially become a candidate on the ballot for the 6th District of the New York City Council which is unbelievable, and he'll tell us about that, I'm sure, later on in this broadcast. More of stories of Reb Shlomo Kalbach. This is JM in the AM. It's an unbelievable story. At the beginning of the, 19, of the 20th century, think about 1907, 1908, was a war between Russia and Japan. And sadly enough, so many young Jewish people were drafted. And they all came to this Fasamas, to the Heidegger's Fasamas, deepest, deepest, deepest of the deep and asked him for his blessing and he blessed everyone that the miracle shouldn't happen they should not have to go to the war there was one young man so able, so gentle and so holy really he was not fit to be a soldier and the Sothema says to him wait a minute goes into his room comes back with a book it's a little manual how to do circumcisions to be a bris, how to make a bris, and he says to him, Here, learn how to make a bris, and I bless you, bless you, even when you go to the army, you should come back to Shon peacefully in this joy. And he begins crying, says, Rebbe, please bless me, you shouldn't have to go to the war. But, says Hamish, he's already talking to somebody else. He's drafted. And he goes to basic training and without saying anything bad, all those Russian and Polish peasants, without saying anything bad, they're so, so dirty. And this officer is so ashamed of them, they don't shine their shoes, they don't take care of their rifles. And then suddenly there is, like a general comes to look at the basic training, the soldiers, the new soldiers, and this officer tells them, I tell you the truth, I'm not so proud of all the other soldiers, but there's one Jew here. He's very clean, he looks very beautiful. So he's introduced to the general. The general says, I want to talk to your private. Takes him to his office, takes a pistol in his hand. And he says, is it true that you only eat kosher food? He says, yes. He holds a pistol to his heart and says, hey, you're the soldier of the Tsar of Russia. And the Tsar doesn't want you to be hungry. The Tsar wants you to eat all the food you can get your hands on. So I order you to eat half of food. He says, I'm sorry. I'm a servant of God, not of the Russian Tsar. Walks up and down in his room. Then he comes up to him again and says, I heard you keep Shabbos. Is it true? He says, yes. Is he crazy, he says. You're a soldier in the army of the Russian Tsar. You keep Shabbos. The Tsar needs you to work every day. 
Mamash this young man knew this is the test of his life. He said, I'm sorry. I'm a servant of God. And he's holding the pistol against his heart. Suddenly he smiles and puts down the pistol and he says to him, listen to me. Nobody knows but I'm Jewish. My wife just had a baby. I need a mower. I'm not religious. But one thing I know, the mower has to keep Shabbos and eat kosher food. So I just wanted to test you. If you really eat kosher, if you really keep Shabbos. But now that I see that you do, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. I'll sign you out from here. And I say, I need you, I'll take you with me. And after you do the bliss, after you circumcise my baby, I will give you civilian garments and you can just run home. Suddenly he remembered, I don't even know how to make a bliss. Kewal, kewal, the head gives for sons. He gave him a book how to do it. You know, friends, those rabbis, what eyes they had, what hearts they have, such a privilege to know. Shabbos, good Shabbos. <laughs> Thank you. 
shutters. Two pennies? Here they are. She looked at him for a long time and she said, You'll never know how much she gave me. But I bless you. I bless you with the light of Shabbos. I bless you with the light of paradise. Should shine into your heart from now on and forever. He jumped back on the horses, drove away. The Holy Rebbison bought two candles. The house was full with great light. The Sea of Lublin goes to the synagogue to pray. And you know, when we pray, I don't know how far we are going, but the Sea of Lublin, when he prayed, his soul went up to heaven. And there he saw the heavenly cord was in commotion. And they said to him, Sea of Lublin, you always make us trouble. We are accustomed to it. But now you're Rebbison, your holy wife. She blessed this playboy, an absolutely obnoxious human being, with the light of Shabbos. Just look down where he's going. He was sitting on the horses, whipping them. He had some appointment with one of his young ladies, and he was late. Look where he's going. So Holy Seer Dublin said, You know why he's going there? He never tasted the light of paradise. He never tasted the light of shadows. He said to the heavenly court, I make a deal with you. Let the light of shadows shine into his heart for just one half hour. And let's see what he will do. At that moment, Heaven open all the gates before this playboy. And suddenly he felt life is so holy, time is so precious, the world is so deep, the world is so beautiful. He looked at himself and he says, Master of the world, what am I doing with my time? my life. And he realized there's only one place to go. He turned the horses around, went to the same street corner where he saw the rabbitson. He says, I'm going to spend Shabbos where my two candles are burning. I want you to know my beautiful friends. Again, I don't know his name, but he became one of the greatest, holiest, most glorious pupils of Lublin and the light of his paradise is still shining let it be you and me This uh, tenth of Av. Hope your fast was uh, easy, meaningful, and welcome to a uh, post Tishabov presentation of JM in the AM. 
The great of Shlomo Kalbach and his amazing stories on this Wednesday. Uh, check out our Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nahum Siegel, on uh, Twitter at Tall Jewish Radio and at Nahum Siegel Net. Uh, stay with us in terms of all our updates and. Um, Thanks to those of you who have been commending what we presented yesterday during the day, the OU and their incredible uh, Tisha B'Av presentation, and of course last night, Charlie Harari and Project Inspire. Some amazing material for a Tisha B'Av day available now, and we are glad to be associated with so much of it. Sunshine today with a high temperature of 92. Wow, tomorrow up to 96. Looks like tomorrow will be the hottest day of the year. We'll visit Camp Hask later today and record tomorrow's JM and the AM from up there. Uh, we get set to celebrate with our friends up at Hask later on. Live lunch, Z-Report with Yussi's Y coming up at 12 noon. He will transition from acapella selections to our full-blown regular format, and we are looking forward to it. Make sure you're uh, paying careful musical attention at 12 noon Eastern time on the stream at JM and the AM. Org. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, WNYX Montgomery, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Kali Tzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. More Shlomo stories, of course. Bill de Blasio is scheduled to join us in a couple of minutes. Made a, I, I had indicated that he made a major demand of something having to do with the Middle East. It's having to do with a Middle Eastern Airlines, and we'll explain all that coming up. Bill de Blasio is going to join us, public advocate of New York City. Um, and Charles Hines later on, DA of Brooklyn, is going to be stopping by. A couple of things that have been introduced into our community over the last few weeks, which we will talk about. No weekly update this week. Malcolm Honline will be uh, preoccupied at an important meeting in Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, we'll return two weeks from this Friday with the weekly update here at JM the AM. So make sure you know that. Sunshine with a high of 92. Yerushalayim, Tel Aviv, and Haifa all at 86. A lot at 95. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Misora. Post Tisha B'Av are getting ready for tomorrow's big trip. Bet you there are a lot of trips in camps this week. They're at 66 in Guilford right now, going up to 91. I was told yesterday that it's boiling hot up there, and the numbers indicate so. We're at 79 degrees here in Jersey City as we say good morning on this Wednesday, the 10th of Av. Stories of Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach will continue here at JMNAM after our news from Israel and some conversations here on the radio. And we'll have that for you coming up in just a moment. I want to thank those who came out to the Mincha service at the Isaiah Wall yesterday. A big thank you to those listeners of ours who were out there uh, across the street from the UN with a public demonstration of support for Jewish communities around the world. It is much appreciated, to say the least. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday is next. Boker Tov from JM and the AM. גלצה לשעה שתיים, כאן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. עתונאי ופרשן סוריה מזוהה עם משטר אסד נרצח היום ליד ביתו שבדרום לבנון. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. מוחמד דרר ג'אמו, עתונאי ופרשן סוריה מזוהה עם המשטר, נורה ליד ביתו בעיירה סרפנד בדרום לבנון. ג'אמו, בן העדה העלאווית, הופיע שלשום בערוץ טלוויזיה לבנוני. הוא זלזל במפקד צבא סוריה החופשי, גנרל סלים אדריס, והבטיח תבוסה מוחצת למורדים בעיר חלב. על ישראל אמר, 
אם הם יתקפו את סוריה, ייפתחו עליהם שערי גיהנום. האלמונים רצחו אותו בדקירות סכין וביריות. ובתימן, צבא ארה״ב חיסל את אחד מבכירי אל-קאידה, כתבנו יונתן רול. מספר 2 בשלוחת אל-קאידה בחצי האי ערב, סעיד א-שיחרי, שוחרר מבית הכלא גואנטנמו לפני מספר שנים ושב לתפקד כאחד מהחשובים שבאנשי אל-קאידה. הוא תואר בידי גורמים בוושינגטון כטרוריסט מסוכן ביותר, והבוקר אישרו גורמים באל-קאידה כי הוא חוסל בתימן בפעולת מל"ט אמריקני. בעבר התפרסמו דיווחים על מותו, אז טענו כוחות הביטחון של תימן כי הם אלה שהביאו לחיסולו, אך היום התקבל האישור לראשונה. שמונה שנים להינתקות, 53% מאזרחי המדינה היהודים חושבים שהיא הייתה טעות, לעומת 38% בלבד שמצדדים בה גם היום. על פי סקר של מכון פאנלס פוליטיקס, שתוצאותיו פורסמו בתוכניתנו עושים צהריים עם יעל דן, כ-55% מהציבור מתנגדים לפינוי יישובים יהודיים במסגרת הסדר עתידי עם הפלסטינים. עם זאת, כמעט 60% תומכים בפתרון שתי המדינות. להאמין, על פי תחזית חברת החשמל, בשעות השיא, צריכת החשמל החשמל תגיע ל-78% מיכולת הייצור. ולסיום, המורה שלא שולט בחומר. מדריך תיאוריה מרמלה נעצר היום בדרום לאחר שנסע במהירות של 189 קמ"ש בכביש שבו המהירות המותרת היא 80 קמ"ש בלבד. להגנתו הוא הסביר שמיהר להעביר שיעור לתלמידיו. כתבנו אלדר גילרן מוסר שאת השוטרים זה לא שכנע ורישיונו נפסל. אלה החדשות שעורך חדר שיפר. After the war in Lebanon, a professor of English literature walked into one of the great giants in Israel, one of the holy rabbis. This professor had come out in the newspapers a lot of times. He says the most terrible thing which can happen to any Jewish child is have religious education. It cripples them forever. And he says, I wish we could abolish Jewish education. He walks into this great rabbi and he says, Rabbi, I came to tell you, I dedicate my life to Jewish education. The great rabbi looked at him and he says, Are you for real or you, did you come to make fun of me? He says, let me tell you the story. I was up in Lebanon in the mountains. I was shot. I was bleeding very heavily and it was clear to me, unless the soldiers find me, dead in two hours. Here I'm lying on the ground, bleeding, have two hours to live. What should I do? What am I going to think about? Oh, I'm teaching English literature. I'll think about Hamlet. No, it doesn't go. King Lear. <laughs> I'm also a Zionist. I remember every word Akhada Am ever wrote. It doesn't go. Before I knew it, I could feel tears rolling down my cheeks. I remembered, I remembered my Zayde, holding me by my little hand and walking with me, him keep a night to the synagogue. I remembered the most happiest hours of my life, sitting on my father's shoulders, dancing on Simba's tavern. My mother kindling lights by the night was so holy, so beautiful. And suddenly I remembered. If my grandson, God forbid, 
Would ever be wounded has two hours to live. She has nothing to think about because I never give him anything. Then I realized, do you only need it the last two hours of your life? Don't you need it every second of your life? Something holy to remember? Something beautiful to be attached to? So I made a vow as that master of the world If you hear my prayer If you let me live I will dedicate my life to Jewish education When I woke up I was in the hospital And here I am soldiers in Israel. The first story is 65-66. A sweet little Yidale from Tel Aviv came to me and he says to me, please, can you get through to my son? He's a high officer in the army. He just hates, really he hates Yiddishkeit. But now he has a new kind of craziness. In my house, in my dining room, there's a big picture of my grandfather, a yid with a long beard and a streimel. And he says, unless I take out the picture, he refused to come to my house. He says, it's nauseating to think to be the grandson of such an idiot. What should I do with him? I'm trying to get through to him. He was a very cute person, sweet like sugar, but... I don't know, he has some kind of blocks against against religion. What can I do? 1967, after the Six-Day War, one day the door opens, the Yid from Tel Aviv walks in with his son, the officer, has a little beard and a little pale life, and sits his, he looks like a new person. I said to him, what happened here? And this is what he said. He says, I mentioned to you, I'm a tankist. During the Sixth Day War, I was driving a tank. Suddenly I noticed an Egyptian tank is on my tail. And I have to get as close to the other tanks as possible because I cannot fight an Egyptian tank all by myself. And the closest to the other tank is a straight line driving as fast as I can. Suddenly, in the middle of the road, I see a yeet with a talus and film praying. And you know what I think of religious people? They're crazy. I knew they're crazy, but that crazy in the middle of a war and here in the desert, standing here praying. My first reaction was, I should really run him over, but how can you run over another Jew? So I made a detour. The Egyptian tank didn't make the detour. And when drove right over the place where the Jew was standing. It was blown up by a mine. And I came back to my father's house. I looked at the picture of my grandfather. It was him. My holy grandfather came down from heaven to protect me. What an honor to have such a grandfather. 
J.M. in the A.M. Story of, story, excuse me, stories of Rav Shlomo Kalbach dominating our 10th of Av program on a Wednesday morning. Uh, we were scheduled to speak with the uh, public advocate of New York, Bill de Blasio, but uh, at this point looks like we're being stood up. If he does check in the next couple of minutes, we'll let you know right here. At JM in the AM. 79 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 92. Hope your fast was meaningful, fast, and easy. Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nahum Siegel. If you haven't liked that page, make sure to do so. And recommend to all your friends to do so as well. That would be wonderful if you could do that. And on Twitter, of course, at Tall Jewish Radio or at Nahum Siegel Net. Uh, check those out and follow us ASAP. More coming up here at JM and the AM, more of the stories of Rav Shlomo Kalbach. And um, this one from volume number three of his incredible tales, uh, which is dedicated specifically to Shabbos stories. Uh, this one is entitled, where are we here? This one is entitled Baron Hirsch at JM in the AM. Let me share with you a story which happened to my family. A relative of my grandfather in the Halberstadt, a Jew by the name Mr. Hirsch, was dealing with copper and a, and a big business. 1871, there was a war between Germany and France and broke out on Shabbos. Shabbos morning, he receives the telegram. He didn't open it. Every hour, he receives another telegram. But only after Abdullah, he opened all the telegrams. And this is what the telegram said. The German government needs copper. We would like to buy from you copper. Sell so much copper. We offer you 10,000 mark. Since he didn't answer because it was Shabbos, the next telegram says, we offer you 20. By the end of the Shabbos, the German government was so desperate, they offered him 150,000. He opened all the telegrams, Sunday morning he went, wherever it was, the station, he had to contact. He told them, I'll tell you the truth, I did not, not answer because I didn't like the price. I would have sold it to you for 10,000. I just didn't open the telegram because it was Shabbos. But I'll sell it to you for 10,000. They couldn't believe how honest the person is. They went all the way to the German Kaiser who asked my great great uncle to come before him. And the German Kaiser said to him, I've never met an honest person like you. When you keep Shabbos, Shabbos makes an honest person out of you. But first of all, he says, let me have the privilege of paying you 150000 because you deserve it. We decided to give it to you. But above all, I would like to make you a baron. Everybody knows, everybody heard of Baron Hirsch. Friends, I want you to know, Shabbos... Shabbos is the greatest gift. Shabbos is the sweetest thing in the world. A Jew cannot live without Shabbos. A 
Should we be a second without Shabbos? One second after Abdullah, I'm waiting, waiting for next Shabbos. Friends, I bless you with Shabbos, Shabbos, Helika bad for those who have not heard the conclusion to that story, but we did just play it a couple of minutes ago. I apologize. I think I hit the wrong button there for a moment. The Baron Hirsch selection uh, came from Stories of Shlomo Kalbach, volume number three, as we uh, continue on this 10th of Av with Stories of Shlomo Kalbach. Taking a break for a moment, we got uh, we have Aaron Bronstein live with us via telephone. You may recall one time he was the president of the West Side Institutional Synagogue. He has joined us uh, over the years for um, discussions regarding Simcha's Torah and other special events that go on on the Upper West Side and other areas. And the last week we spoke to him because he was making an effort to actually get on the ballot in the 6th City Council Manic District in New York City on the Upper West Side. Today, we can announce that he actually was successful. And that means a lot of people in our community, I'm sure, came through, helped to sign the, the petitions to get him on the ballot, and now he's in the full-fledged race in the 6th Council Manic District in New York. Aaron Bronstein, welcome back to JM in the AM. Bokata of America. Boy, <laughs> happy, happy Tisha B'Av. That's a tough holiday, isn't it? Happy post Tisha to you. How'd you pull this off? Didn't you need like hundreds and hundreds of signatures to get on that ballot? When I went to Camp Monk, when I went to Camp Monk, wow, we prepared like the whole summer for Shabbos Nachamu. Yeah. <laughs> it was the greatest. I'm not sure what that has to do with the ballot, but tell All me. Right, okay. <laughs> so, uh, How'd you pull this off that you were able to get hundreds? Okay. okay. So when I was walking back from Shul, I live in the Upper West Side, and uh, there's complete apathy. We don't know that for 12 years in New York City. We had the same people in power, right? Yeah. You had Mayor Bloomberg, who I respect and love, who's a great man. And um, all the local council people and everyone else has been in power for 12 years, right. for three terms. 
the difference between America and Europe is every four years we get something different to stop um, power corrupts, as Shakespeare. So bottom line, I saw one or two like people who were running, and I checked them out. They're like real estate tycoons. So um, I found out the rules in the Democratic Party. We have to get like uh, 500 to 1,000 signatures. So I went out with some young guys from my show, and we uh, worked it. It was very hard. I remember when I went to Taurus Emmons in Borough Park, when it came to the Pushka, I'd go to every uh, subway and bus, yeah. and I'd collect a lot of money. I was always, you know, worked hard and hustled since I'm a kid. So it's so sort we of... got the signatures. We're officially on the ballot. So I got this beautiful letter yesterday from Board of Elections. Dear candidate Aaron Bronstein, you are hereby notified that a petition has been filed with this agency designating you as a candidate of the Democratic Party for the office of member of the City Council, 6th Council, District in the City of New York, to be voted on for the primary election um, September 10th, 2013. Now, let me ask you this question. I'm sorry for interrupting. i got to ask you this question. Can you win this thing? Well, I hope so. I really need the help, you know, from all the... Uh, guys and girls from the Upper West Side, and I'll make a difference. And let me tell you um, the main thing I ran on. I didn't run on any Norish kite. I ran up on rent. You know, since I'm living in this uh, building since 1992, every year, like all my neighbors, they raise my rent every year. If I open a big mouth, I could get thrown out. The average person in New York gets a one-year lease, right. and you can't do anything. And in this Sunday's Times, by fluke, I don't know how, it said 70% of New York City residents rent. They don't own anything. Right. No one could afford it. So my mission would be to fight the landlords and all these real estate creeps that seem to control our lives. Do you have a, a campaign infrastructure in place? Is there a website that tells people about you? Is there, you know, have, have you hit the ground running on this thing? Yeah, I mean, I have obviously some advantages. I have you, you know. <laughs> I have a Jewish press, Jewish week, Jewish media as a media guy. You know, um, I'm in the sports business my entire life, so I know celebrities. And everyone likes sports celebrities. They're funny. So the New York Knicks are going to help me. Really? Yes. Obviously, the Jewish crowd. You know, I'm a tough Jew. Um, we had a fight in Yankee Stadium that you went to. I remember that. With your three sons. That was fun. We had, you know, a Yiddish kid, right? Yeah. Who became very from Yuri Foreman. Fight the champion of the world. Well, tattoos of devils all over his body. Are, are you are you uh, 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 making a campaign pledge here that if you win this city council race, there'll be more boxing at Yankee Stadium? No, the pledge is that unlike other politicians, I will always be available with an open telephone number. You can knock on my door. I'm going to be a voice of the people, wow. not Irish guy, not bull. Anything the people want, I'm open for. You know, I don't care. Got it. They want to know about bicycles and schools and anything. Tell me what you want, and I will try my hardest. 
You understand how, what I'm saying? I certainly so do. I, how, how do people get information about your campaign? What would be the best way for, now that you're actually on the ballot in the 6th District Upper West Side for City Council, Aaron Braunstein, what's the best way for people to find out more? Maybe there's some volunteers out there who want to hop on the bandwagon. Plus, plus I pay, you know. There you go. I'm a pretty successful person. I have no problem with that. <laughs> and uh, I always like being Jewish. You know why? It gets everyone upset. Well, one second. You know? I, the, I just like it. I just, it irritates uh, everybody. I hear where you're going with that, but I'm, I I got to get back to my point. What do people do if they want to volunteer? How do they call you? African American and Latino crowd. See, in sports, Aaron. everyone's equal <laughs> in the ring. Aaron, let's, okay. talk, let's talk about the race. Let me give you all my information. Let's say people out there want more information uh, about making you a city council. So you could uh, Google Radio Night, K-N-I-G-H-T. Okay. You could Google just my plain name, A-A-R-O-N, like Moses' brother, Braunstein, B-R-A-U-N-S-T-E-I-N. I I have a very hip website, which might anger people because of the name, which is nyshockjock.com. That's for the young guys who are hip, N-Y-S-H-O-C-K-J-O-C-K.com. I'm hiring. I'm looking for volunteers to get elected September 10th. You You know, I started this two weeks ago, and the seven people running are all like like wealthy uh, real estate people who don't even live in the area. They just rent the studios for the election. I'm living on the Upper West Side for 22 years. You know, uh, WSIS, I'm honorary vice president, obviously. I work very closely with the Kalbach Shul, Ohev Shalom, Jewish Center, Lincoln Center, you know, my father-in-law's treasurer at YU. So I'm sure the Jewish crowd want to have one of their own in there. Plus, I have a ponytail, which Upper West Side likes. Oh, really? That's, that's a big advantage? Oh, yes, completely. In the Upper West Side, it's a Woody Allen gig. They're... Uh, Liberal Jews who like the left, it's a gig, you know. There you go. All right. Any information uh, you could Google? Any information? First of all, um, just what's available to us, um, to yeshivas and shuls for Jewish media, there's millions of dollars available, told to me by Governor Como, that if we just ask for it, we'll get it. Hmm. And I'm your man, you know, and um, great Jews. Have never been scared of taking a chance. There you okay? go. All right, Aaron. Anybody can okay. Google Aaron Braunstein and get more information. Give my telephone number. All right, go right ahead. Six four six three eight six seven one five two. Again, six four six three eight six seven. So who in New York would give the telephone number I, over the air? That's what I'm wondering. It's unbelievable. You want to be you want to be the man of the people. All right, we'll right, check we'll check in am, we'll yeah. check in with you again. Good I'm luck. Not a spring chicken. Good luck. I the love fr- what you're doing. I thank you. Know you. Good good, good luck. The first okay, the, just, the the, the let's fr- get one of our own in. The first then we could all fight. The later first on. step. <laughs> then we could all fight later. The first step is getting on the ballot. Mazel tov on that. Thank you know Hashem. There you go, Aaron Broadstein. For City Council, our old friend is uh, heading toward the 6th uh, City Council District. Uh, seven candidates, he's one of them. It became official over the weekend, as you heard him uh, read the letter that came from the Board of Elections. And we'll watch that race very closely on the Upper West Side.
of Manhattan. Wednesday morning on this 17th of July, the 10th of Menachem Av. We're playing the stories of Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach, as we always do on the 10th of Av. We continue at JM in the AM. You know, my beautiful friends, we so misjudge others. We don't know, we don't know what's going on in the heart of another human being. Unless you love them the most, you'll never know. You know, in the 60s, in the summer, on my way to Israel, I would always stop in Europe without mentioning names of the city. There was one Chsidish Bismedrish, give me a little taste how Europe was before the Second World War. Especially Shabbos morning, the downing was so good. I'm walking in Shabbos morning to the synagogue. And the chazan has no voice at all. Not only doesn't have a good voice, his songs make no sense. And he can't even read, he's skipping words. I was so disgusted. It was clear to me, most probably a rich man, and he wants to be the cantor, he wants to be the chazan, gives a few rumors to the synagogue and they let him pray. And I thought, oh, how disgusting. I decide I'm not going to daven with them. I go in a corner and daven by myself. But you know, when they take out the toilet, you want to kiss the toilet? And walk up to the beamer and open your hearts, friends. I saw the chazan holding the toilet. Two people are holding the chazan. I asked somebody, why are they holding him? And they said to me, don't you know? He's the blind chazan. He was one of the greatest tenors in Europe before the war. He was the chazan in Lemberg. was in Auschwitz. He lost his voice. at him I saw scars over all over his face they whipped him on his face I was so ashamed of myself he kept on telling me he didn't want to down anymore he says I don't know the words people said no we remember you're downing from Lemberg please honor us one more time I mean friends can you imagine how he was praying I was so ashamed of myself. So when he passed by with the Torah, instead of kissing the Torah, I kissed his hands. And you know, Nishaman and Darwin, sometimes you at the end, God have compassion upon you. I absolutely didn't have a place for myself anymore. When I kissed his hand, he turned to the people who were with him and he says, Who kissed my hand? He stopped and he says, Schleimele, I like your melodies. Give me back my soul. I stayed an extra week and I took long walks with him. But you know what happened after that? Four weeks later I was told the blind chazan has a new position. He's a chazan. Gun Eden. 
Blind Chazan off of the Stories of Reb Shlomo Kalbach, volume number four. Uh, I apologize. We wanted to uh, speak to public advocate Bill de Blasio about the uh, Saudi Arabian Airlines and their attitude toward Israelis. You may have uh, seen some of that in the paper. Anyway, I guess we'll speak to him about it at some point in the future here at JM in the AM. Kudos to our friends at Hatzalah. How many of you have seen the story? And i got to thank my friend Josh Robin of New York One for tweeting it out yesterday and noting that not only did Hatzala come through, even though they were called way, way after 911 was called and they still got to the scene of the Christine Quinn press conference before the uh, FDNY and EMS, not only that, but, it, but he pointed out that it was a fast day and they did it on a fast day. So that was a really nice Kiddush Hashem. Kudos to Hatzala for all they do all the time for everybody. 79 degrees, sunshine, a high temperature of 92. We'll head up to Camp Hask later today and record tomorrow morning's JM and the AM with our friends at Hask. By the way, before we get to Rabbi Goldwasser, and I want to thank him again for the amazing Kinnis presentation yesterday morning on the air here at JM and the AM. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. Um, Mark Zamek just reminded me that not only are we transitioning between noon and 2 Eastern time with Yossi Zweig and the Z-Report, from a cappella to our regular format. But Mark has prepared an amazing music mix with plenty of Nachamu selections and a lot of great upbeat music starting right after the live lunch at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on our stream at jmdm.org. So today is a day of many, one day of many. If you want to make sure to be tuned in to our stream, especially in the afternoon, have it on in the background all day and all night, you'll be happy. A lot of great pre-Nachamu uh, selections and um and um, upbeat music coming up on jmandtheam.org. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echonish Masar of Zebner, here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We find an interesting law in the Shulchan Aruch. If a person passes a place where a miracle happened, we can make a bracha. The Talmud explains that this is only specific places, not all places where a nais might have happened. In the same way, that all nisim do not warrant a bracha, so too, all times of calamity do not warrant a tainus or a fast day. We also find it interesting that why was this bracha instituted for Yechidim? Why not for all of Klal Yisrael? There were many calamities that happened throughout history, crusades, inquisition, the Holocaust. Why specifically do we commemorate Tisha B'Av as a universal day of Avelus, or mourning. In order to understand this, we have to take a look at what the Besamikdash represented. 
It says, the Beis Hamikdash itself was a place where Klal Yisrael could pour out their hearts to Hashem. They could find a great source of Amuna and strength. It was a great source of Kedusha and inspiration for the entire world. We full well realize the wondrous sights of Shloish Galim when Klal Yisrael was Eile Regal. We understand what the Simchas Beis HaShoeva was in the Beis HaMikdash and what that represented to all of us as a source of Simcha. If we analyze it closely, we see that the four fasts all center around the Beis HaMikdash. Asor HaBeteves, Shivos HaBetamuz, Tisha B'Av, Tzom Gedalia. The great Goyen Reb Chaim Brisker was once on the road in Germany at the time of Tisha B'Av. The Askala movement had caused much damage for Klau Yisrael. Most of the Jews of the city hadn't come to Shul to cry over the Chorban. Reb Chaim found himself among the few who were sitting in Shul, weeping on the floor and saying kinnis over the Chorban Beis Amikdash and over the terrible Chorban of the Jews of Germany. On Tishabov itself, towards evening, one of the inhabitants of the city came into Shul. The clothing he wore indicated that he was very far away from Yiddishkeit. However, his face was sad. You could see the pain. He sat on the floor of the shul, not far away from where Reb Chaim was sitting, and he began to cry over the Chorban Beis Amikdash to the great wonder of Reb Chaim. What had moved this Jew to come to the Beis Amikdash now to cry over the Beis Amikdash in contrast with most of the Jews of the city? Reb Chaim asked the man, and the man told him that his business had gone down. He had fallen on hard times. The man continued, He has no suffix that when the gula will come, his personal tsaras will go away and his lot will be uplifted. Everybody who was gathered laughed. But Reb Chaim spoke out, If this person at least connects his personal tsaras to the Chorben Beis Amikdash, it is a sign that all is not lost. There is hope and there is a future. Yisrael Afal Pishachatu, Yisrael Hain. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. The Holy of Holiest. One of the Chassidim came to him and says, Rebbe, I have to go to Lublin. I need a passport. I hate to go to the police because we're a Jew. It's so good if the police doesn't even know his name. The Holy Bodhisattva says, No problem. Walked into his room, came out with a blank piece of paper, and he says to him, Here's your passport. But now, my beautiful friends, you got to be a big chosse to come to the border and pull out a blank piece of paper. When the officer saw the blank piece of paper, he began saluting him. And he says, I never met a great person like you. Let me have the privilege of giving you a carriage with eight horses to facilitate you going to Lublin. Remember, this poor Yidl had never seen a carriage in his whole life. Anyway... 
He was treated like the Tsar of Russia. He came back. He lived forever. I told the story. I heard the story in Vienna. He says to me, you know, I'm the only one who knows the story. Let me give it over to you. 1935. My uncle, a had a long beard in Paris. He had to go to Germany. He had a passport. But that kind of passport doesn't guarantee he's coming back. He walked into the Munkatsche Rebbe. And he says, Rebbe, give me a Munkatsche passport. Just asked him what makes you think I can give you such a passport. He says, Rabbi, I know, I'm begging you, I'm crying before you. We have a wife and seven children, please. Save my life, Rabbi. The Munkit Shabbat went to his room, came out three hours later. And you know, friends, to give a passport from the ditch to the plane. to Germany the Rebbe came out his eyes eyes, were red as tears he gave him a blank piece of paper but the paper was soaking wet tears of 2,000 years exile came to the border, the Nazi says, where's your passport? My uncle pulled out a blank piece of paper. The Nazi began saluting him. He says, I don't think Germany ever had the honor of a great person like you visiting us. Let me have the privilege of giving you a letter to the police all over Germany to protect you. Was a week in Germany. The Nazis drove him around all over, paid for his hotel, came back. You know, my beautiful friends, the Munkit Sherebbe told him, Swear to me, as long as I live, he will never tell anybody about the passport. My uncle came back. Passed away in 1936. Before he passed away, he says, I see a darkness coming upon the world. I don't want to be there. 1939, a few days before the Second World War, my uncle got so sick and he knew his hours are numbered. He called his family. I was seven years old. I was also called. And this is what he says. I want you to know I have a Munkitsche passport. Told her the whole story. And this is what he said. This is my last will. And you bury me. a passport in my hand put the holiest rebel his passport in my hand
Christmas is to have his passport open gates in this world. Who knows how many gates shall open for me in the world to come. You know, my beautiful friends, you think there are only borders between nations? There are borders between us and God? Borders between one human being and the other? So many borders between husband and wife, between parents and children. You know why there's no peace in the world? Because the world needs a moon catcher passport. I want you to know, I want you to know. The time is so holy, we celebrate Shus, we celebrate Yom Kippur. But you know what I need? I need a passport. Sonst muss teurer, take out the teurer, I'm not reading it. It's just blank. Sonst muss teurer, God gives me the Mooncatcher passport. Have you ever danced the most teurer? Have you ever noticed people who dance? There's no borders between them. No borders between them and their children. No borders between rich and poor. You know when people get married, the beginning of the ceremony is the groom puts the veil over the eyes of his beautiful bride. You know what he's giving her? A Munkacher passport. You know what the Holy Bride is doing? She walks around the groom seven times. You don't see anything. It's a Munkacher passport. It's a Munkacher
you ever stood by the holy wall? Did you ever pray? What do you take with you between you and God? You know, friends, the Gemara, the first page, it's not even there. Begins it's page two. Where's the first page? It's a Munkertje passport. You cannot learn Torah until God gives you the passport.
J.M. and the A.M. Even though, we're do, even though we are doing uh, Kalbach stories today on the 10th of Av, I wanted to make sure to get in that David Ross presentation of Sheer Soul and the Imeshka Cheikh a cappella style, uh, released at some point toward the end of the uh, three weeks format and uh, really a beautiful cover. A great selection here at JM in the AM Sunshine today with a high temperature of 92. My gosh, I want to thank both the Orthodox Union or by Wire or by Wine Rib and of course uh, Charlie Harari and Project Inspired. They kept our listeners glued to the stream all day long yesterday with amazing Tishabov programming. I'm proud to have been uh, able to present that to our listeners. Want to congratulate the folks at High Lifeline, uh, actually the Bike for High crew, the amazing Bike for High crew. They are already over 1.7 million for the July 31st ride up to camp. In terms of the uh in terms of the fundraising and it looks like they're going to surpass last year, which is pretty amazing. We'll talk more about it as we get closer to the event here at JM and the AM. Heading up to Camp Hask later on. We're going to record tomorrow morning's JM and the AM from Hask this afternoon. So if you're a counselor, staff member, or a camper at Hask, get ready for us. We'll be visiting later on today. Speaking of later on today, live lunch with Yossi Zweig. We'll transition from an a cappella format to our regular format, and then we're going to present some amazing and incredible selections going on all day long on the stream in honor of the uh, transition back to our regular format. So make sure to join us for that right here at jmandtheam.org as we get set for that. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Anybody getting married tonight? That's what we asked. Any weddings taking place tonight? That's the big question here in the studio. Uh, if you know of one, use one of our multiple email addresses or Facebook message us. Let us know if there's a simcha to announce specifically for tonight, if somebody out there is really transitioning back into our regular format and... Um, having their wedding this evening. That would be pretty remarkable. And what a way to get back into things. Uh, Or Nava presents their Shabbos Nachamu concert up at Kutcher's happening this Saturday night. Eighth day, Shlaimi Gertner, Benny Friedman, and Yoni Z. It's happening 10.30 this coming Saturday night up at Kutcher's in Monticello, so enjoy that. Should be an amazing event. I'm sure Yossi Zablocki is getting everybody ready for that. Information by dialing 718-647-6228, 647-6228. And yesterday, a big thank you to those who came out to the, um, who came out to the Mincha service at the Isaiah Wall, which is a Tishabov tradition. It was great seeing so many folks there yesterday. And a reminder from Rabbi Avi Weiss that tomorrow morning at 8.30 at the Argentinian Consulate, 12 West 56th Street, there will be a memorial service to mark the 19th anniversary of the precise moment when an Iranian detected, directed terror bomb killed 85 and injured hundreds in and outside the Amia Jewish Community Building in Buenos Aires. The memorial will condemn as a whitewash the Argentinian government's recent creation of a joint truth commission with Iran to investigate the bombing. Information, contact Amcha. Again, it's tomorrow, 8.30 in the morning. Please be there at 12 West 56th Street. In New York City. DA of Brooklyn, Charles Hines, is going to join us and plenty more coming up in our third hour. Stories of Shlomo Kalbach on this 10th of Av continues at JM in the AM. This was the time of Cecilia Blavlin, the Heilige Rebbe, the Rebbe of all the Rebbes, the Master of all the Masters, the Holy See of Blavlin. It was the time in his life when he was still very poor. And one Friday night, one Friday afternoon, his wife just had enough money to buy wine for Kiddush, two chalas and a little bit fish. But she needed two more pennies to buy two cans. 
waiting for miracle. But you know, sometimes you have to wait a long time for miracle. In the meantime, it's getting later, later, later. Just a few minutes before the Holy Shabbos. She went out on the street. She stood on the street corner praying, crying, Master of the world. How can it be Shabbos with my holy husband? Without holy lights of Shabbos. In Lublin, I was a very rich man, very wealthy, actually a playboy, like a playboy is supposed to be. And he didn't really care so much for Shabbos. And he was just driving with eight horses like a rich man. But I want you to know, friends, maybe on the outside he was a playboy. But inside, he was so holy, was so good. He passes by the street corner and there he sees this beautiful lady crying. He stopped the horses and he says to her, My dearest lady, is there anything I can do for you? She says, obviously you're a rich man, so... You to know, all I need is two pennies to buy two candles for the holy shadows. Two pennies? Here they are. She looked at him for a long time and she said, You'll never know how much she gave me. But I bless you. I bless you with the light of Shabbos. I bless you with the light of paradise. Should shine into your heart from now on and forever. He jumped back on the horses, drove away. The Holy Rabbison bought two candles, and the house was full with great light. The Sea of Lublin goes to the synagogue to pray. You know, when we pray, I don't know how far we are going, but the Sea of Lublin, when he prayed, his soul went up to heaven. And there he saw the heavenly court was in commotion. And they said to him, Sea of Lublin, you always make us trouble, we are accustomed to it. But now your Rebetzin, your holy wife, she blessed this playboy absolutely obnoxious human being with the light of Shabbos just look down where he's going he was sitting on the horses whipping them he had some appointment with one of his young ladies and he was late look where he's going so Holy See of Lublin said you know why he's going there because he never tasted of paradise he never tasted the light of shadows he said to the heavenly court I make a deal with you let the light of shadows shine into his heart for just one half hour and let's see what he will do at that moment heaven opened all the gates before this playboy And suddenly he felt Life is so holy Time is so precious The world is so deep The world is so beautiful He looked 
looked at himself and he says Master of the world, what am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my life? And he realized there's only one place to go He turned the horses around Went to the same street corner where he saw the Robertson He says, I'm going to spend Shabbos Where my two candles are burning You know my beautiful friends Again I don't know his name But he became one of the greatest Holiest, most glorious pupils Of the sea of Lublin And the light of his paradise Is still shining Let it be you and me Shlomo Kalbach, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, WNYX Montgomery, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and of course around the world on the web, jmnan.org. I'm sitting here reminiscing with the uh, DA, the District Attorney of Kings County, that's right, the DA of Brooklyn, who has served in that capacity for, oh boy, longer than either he or I can remember. Uh, is in our studio, Charles Hines. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. It's always good to be with you, Nakam. Thank do you, you, do you like my reminiscing about the first time we ever met? Yeah. Do you I like mean, that? My problem is I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you remember. I'm reminding the DA that I was against. I was against the regulation that when your car is stolen and totaled, it is your responsibility to get it out of the police station. I mean, is it? And I remember you giving me a big muster schmooze back then. Now I have to realize that you know citizens, even if their car is totaled and unusable, must take responsibility Jeez. for what's assigned to them. You know, well, if I said that, that was as dumb as the rule. <laughs> Do you think we could actually change that rule today? Or, uh? See, I would think they would. It's a dumb rule. Well, what can I tell you? You'd think the cops could just go and scrap it themselves, right? Of course they could. But anyway. Yeah. Welcome. Good to have yeah, you here. So it, it's a summer of campaigning. Would that be a difficult summer or an yeah. easy summer? I, see, I've been campaigning since October of '05 because it was a month after I just barely won the, the primary, right. since it's a very, very bad idea to indict the county chairman of your party. Bad idea. I indicted him and three of his corrupt judges and another assembly member, and they came after me with everything that they had, and I, uh, I nearly got knocked out. And I recognized for the first time that many people had no idea what I do. They, they thought I was just a traditional DA, and many people didn't understand all of the alternative programs that we created. And so, what I did from October of '05 until this, you know, this very day, is educate people about programs that we have, alternatives to prosecution for drug treatment, for example, uh, programs for the formerly incarcerated to reduce reoffender rates. And all of all of the programs that we've created, some 30 of them, impact on public safety by reducing reoffending rates. And many of them we've discussed here and you've mm-hmm. unveiled on this show. Yeah. It, it, it's a very hot summer. And by the way, it's a very nasty campaign. I, I've Which camp- one? I, this current one. Is it a nasty one? Very, very nasty. Uh, I've been called by this... Uh, 
fellow who's got you know all of eight years' experience as an assistant DA, the protector of child molesters. Oh boy! The other guy uh, uh, who worked in the U.S. Attorney's office uh, and was never involved in any political corruption cases calls me politically corrupt, ignoring the fact that I put the county chairman of Brooklyn and several judges in prison. It's just a nasty, nasty campaign by two people who. We're never uh, promoted uh, to supervisory positions in their respective government jobs. I mean, it's the it's the the, the redefinition of chutzpah. I have good news for you, by the way. Yeah. It ends on September 10th. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's the day where you expect all of Brooklyn to go to the polls, correct? I would hope so. All, all of the, uh, the the folks that I've uh, helped over the years, I hope they will. I mean, who takes mo- who takes more seriously? The act of voting than my listeners, right? Tradition, you're, you're absolutely right. tradition has yeah. it that it's practically an obligation to go out there because it's so rare. It is a shandenatable. Exactly. So it's rare in our history. Is yeah. it like that in your community, by the no. way? It's no. not like that. No, 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 no. We we have to remind the guy to get up and vote. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to vote. Um, so it's been, now it's a very hot summer, and the reason yeah. I bring that up mm-hmm. is because when you go back to the hot summers of a quarter of a century ago. We are talking about really violent, difficult to get along summers in New York City. Are we experiencing any of that today? No. Look what's happening. So we, people we, who say it has to do with the weather are wrong. Well, it's it's hot, right? <laughs> but but, it's, but it does. It but things are calm. It, it's not impacting communities because, for example, Mike Powell of the New York Times wrote uh, a column yesterday that you know uh, it's something Ray Kelly and I've said forever that community attitudes changed. And that's why we have um, had a tremendous drop in, in violent crime and particularly murder cases because communities really, um, I suppose, in some sense, uh, picked up on what the Orthodox community has been doing forever, understanding the need as communities not to accept uh, uh, crime rates in their community. And, and I think that's what, what has happened across uh, New York City, particularly in Brooklyn, that uh, community leaders work with the police, work with my office, and that's the reason we've gone from 158,000 serious felonies down to under 30,000, from 760 murders down to last year for the first time under 150 murders since 1960. And this morning, and I get a murder report every morning, uh, we're 12 fewer than we were last year. So we're going in the right direction. I want to sugarcoat it, but we do not have anything like uh, the horrors of uh, 1990, where one out of every 15 of us was the victim of a violent crime. Today, it's like one out of every 90. And, ju- and June and July of this year are no different than the earlier parts of the no. year. Uh, the stats uh, bear yeah, that out. Sure, absolutely. Charles Hines is here. He's Brooklyn DA, of course. All right, we're introducing a few new things today that people need to know about. What, there are so many bad parts to identity fraud. What, what, what's the worst thing? I mean, what have you seen happen to people who are victims of identity fraud? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nightmare. If your identity is stolen, uh, it, can, it can take months to, to get out from under that cloud 
where people have used your identity and they've created credit cards and then run up these massive bills. And while the credit card companies are pretty good on checking, right? Uh, you know, American they Express, ask a lot of questions. They yeah. sure do. But the problem with identity theft is it begins with us. You know, um, uh, the, the the great uh, showman uh, whose name I'm missing for a moment said that there's a sucker born every minute. He's talking about us. Now it's P.T. Barnum. And, you know, people uh, should understand that Social Security numbers, for example, are just as important to you as a wallet or a purse. Mm -hmm. So they shouldn't be um, uh, made available to those who would steal your identity. And there's lots of things you can do. Uh, How do we know if we're a victim? Uh, you'll find out damn sure when you uh, damn quickly when you you get the bill. Is there a way to find out before that? <laughs> yeah, there, there is actually. There's a New York State law that requires free uh, credit reports from each of three national credit companies, and you can get that from your credit card. Right. And uh, so you get uh, you can get one literally then every every uh, three months or four, uh, yeah, three months. And if someone analyzes that credit report, they'll get a good idea if there's yeah. anything suspicious there. Yeah, absolutely. And you can also and this is for seniors, you can freeze your credit, you know, so not even, you can't use your credit. And it's a small fee, but I, I advise it for seniors who, who are not uh, going to be involved in uh, any uh, major loans or, or uh, something like that. And that's another way to do it. And once you, you need it, you just unfreeze it. Yeah. And what we've, what we've found also is that uh, a serious problem with false deeds. Uh, we we uh, advised a uh, reporter from the Daily News a couple of years ago how to buy the uh, or take ownership of the of the, of the uh, Empire State Building. If you go to to a uh, uh, so you mean the, real property deeds? Yeah. If you go to, go to the city clerk with a, a document that is in uh, seemingly l- legal order. They must accept it for filing. So all you need is a block and lot number of anyone's property. And it could be the Empire yeah. State. So <laughs> the way you protect it. And, and by the way, and, and that's right, Bill Sherman of the Daily News owned the uh, Empire State Building for over a day. <laughs> but the, but the, And there, there doesn't seem to be anyone who understands that that... that can be changed by a legislative proposal, but no one seems to do it. So in the meantime, you can register with the Department of Finance to get an email uh, anytime uh, there's any change in the uh, in the ownership of a deed of your property. You'll oh, get, very you'll get good. A, a direct, uh, but it's it's a very very serious problem. The DA of Brooklyn has announced that the Borough Park Jewish Community Council and the Borough Park Y will present an identity fraud session telling you how it affects you and how you can prevent it. Don't be a victim of identity fraud. Identity fraud can potentially cost you thousands of dollars. This program happens on Monday, August 12th. Circle the calendar at the Borough Park Y on 14th Avenue in Brooklyn. The DA will be speaking, as will Assistant District Attorney Richard Farrell. I guess this is his area of expertise. He is brilliant. This is uh, something that that he does uh, so very, very well. He's unit chief in the rackets division. There really is a rackets yeah. oh, division. I like that. I want to be in the rackets division. <laughs> <laughs> Information about the event for August 12th is 718-250-2045. 718-250-2045. And as I always reassure the DA, will remind everybody about this as we get closer to the event. What did you think of yesterday when our fr- and this is not, I am not in any way, although it doesn't seem like it because of the way the media is treating it, I'm not in any way 
disparaging the efforts of the FDNY, EMS, etc. We know how amazing they are. But it was pretty remarkable that the, on a fast day, the Hatsala ambulance made it to the Quinn press conference. Well, you have to admit, that was a, a, a nice boost for Hatsala. No, no, no one is a bigger fan of Hatsala than me. And, and when I was campaigning in 1989, the poor fellow struck by a hit-and-run driver on King's Highway and East 16th Street by the, by the subway. And it seemed like in seconds that's all it was there. It was, it was extraordinary. Now, I was a fire commissioner for two years, right. and, and we had a very, very good response time. We didn't have uh, EMS at that time. We just had the fire right. department. And, uh, you know, our response time was always four minutes or less. But Hot Solo is, is extraordinary. And, you know, that what yes, what happened yesterday was Ray Kelly and, and Sal Cassano, police commissioner and the fire commissioners, worst, worst nightmare. <laughs> when, yeah. when the, the old perfect storm. Yeah, the know. perfect storm. I'm sure that's what happened. Oh, absolutely. Not, we, we know how dedicated yeah. everybody at the EMS is. Yeah. Um, all right, the gun back, pro- gun buyback program working or not? It's terrific. You know, you know, we started it in 2002 with a slogan: "Turn it in for a Benjamin." Right. Come to our office <laughs> at 350 J Street. Give us a work- workable gun or working gun, and we'll give you a hundred dollar bill. Right. And then I have a clergy liaison uh, who said to me in 07, I think. You know, if we move this into churches, uh, you'll probably get a much better response. And he was absolutely right. So since 2008... We've taken 2,778 guns off the streets of Brooklyn. My colleagues have replicated the program, so according to the NYPD, that we've taken over 11,000 guns off the streets of New York City. Now, if it was up to me, I would have this uh, every three weeks. Uh, the problem is... You know, the police commissioner has many, many priorities, and and he's very, very cooperative. He's help, helps us an awful lot. Uh, we have to uh, raise six thousand dollars every time we have a gun buyback program to pay for the overtime of the range officers who are on the scene and and check on the. Uh, yeah, the, someone's got to take care of those guns. Yeah, make sure <laughs> make sure they're safe. Right. And um, and then of course, uh, Commissioner Kelly and I uh, kick in a hundred bucks each for a, a total of two hundred dollars for a cash card. Uh, so last uh, last week we had at uh, the Gospel Assembly Church in Coney Island we had sixty four guns turned in. So it's it, it works, and we have another one coming up in two weeks, uh, and you know, maybe uh, maybe we can institutionalize it next year. And when you say duplicated, it's really duplicated nationwide at this point, Yes, right? it is. Yeah. I, if, I was very, very proud of the fact that after the horrible tragedy in Newtown, Connecticut, they had a gun buyback program. Right. Up there, right. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, there, are, there are so many things you can do to take guns off the streets. Uh, one of them over the years uh, got, I thought, uh, over the top with stop and frisk. I mean, stop and frisk is something that was validated in a 1968 decision by the, the former chief judge, Earl Warren, um, who's generally regarded as one of the most progressive chief judges we've ever had, in a case called Terry against Ohio. And they made it very, very clear. You can stop someone uh, if you can articulate in a clear way the reason you're stopping, then you have uh, reason to believe that a crime is being committed. And then while talking to that person, if you become fearful, you can then frisk. Uh, But you've got to do it very carefully. Unfortunately, it was not done carefully. Now, Commissioner Kelly has revised the uh, methodology, and I think it's it's, uh, doing much better. 
D.A. Hines is here from Brooklyn, New York. We have him in a nice air-conditioned studio before he goes back in the 95-degree weather to continue his campaign on the streets of Brooklyn, New York. A golden retriever has something to do with testimony in court. Now, is this telling us that our court system is going to the dogs, D.A.? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope not. But it's, it was a, it's a wonderful decision by the appellate division in the second department, which handles or, or uh, reviews Brooklyn, Queens, uh, and Nassau and Suffolk County, uh, that it was it's perfectly appropriate to have a, uh, a dog to give comfort to a young child who's you know many, many times terrified of And this the is idea. their own dog or an assigned no, court we, dog? We have dogs. It's an assigned court yeah, dog. We, we actually have three and, dogs. And we know that kids are more comfortable in that situation. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, this, oh, yeah. And all, you know dogs are, are used in, in other ways as well. You know at, uh, at many uh, nursing homes dogs are used right. on pet day and therapy. And, yeah, therapy dogs. And, right. and it's a you know it's, it's a it's a great tool for us. To uh, to be able to give in every sense comfort to a child who has to testify. Is so. there a Brooklyn K nine unit? No, NYPD has right. NYPD yeah, they, has they, a they do. Unit. Yes, but no, we we have uh, we have people on staff who bring in their own dogs. We have three dogs. So they're actually volunteering they're volunteer dogs. their own dogs. There you go. To, the, to, the dogs are not on the payroll yet. No, no, no. They're not getting that jury duty type check. But it's, the, it's, it's an example of the kind of people that work in our office who uh, you know really will do anything they, they need to do to help us in our mission. Right. Hey, when someone has jury duty, right? So right. they can be dismissed after a day or two, correct? Is it different in the grand jury? Do you have to give a week or two? Like, does someone have to sit there and hear multiple cases, or not, well, have, or have a chance to? Well, be on? you know, Chief Judge Judith Kay, who was a wonderful Chief Judge, she and I came up with a with a protocol many years ago, reducing the time necessary for the grand jury from four weeks to two weeks. Ah, but it, but you do have to. It's unlike then other yeah. jury cases, yeah, right? And you have and, to. You know, Sit there and listen to indictment possibilities for two weeks. Yeah. Oh, it's well. I, you know, I, I I make a point of going to thank members of the jury on their last day, and I always get a, a laugh out of it when I say, I know that you know you come here every day because you wouldn't miss the opportunity to hear assistant DAs <laughs> repeat the elements of the crime over and over and over and over again. And I said, next time you meet a legislator, uh, you ask him or her why they haven't changed that <laughs> silly rule. But it's uh, why. Well, they can't, yeah. they can't improvise at all? <laughs> no, you, the, the, the ADA in every single case has to repeat the elements of the crime. Oh, Instead wow. of giving them, you know, a, a fact sheet that right. they can look to. But it's, it, I, I must say, the the uh, to see people... Uh, get up every day and come to uh, to a grand jury and serve is, is really uplifting because you know they could call in sick if right. they wanted no, to. No, I agree with that, but yeah. I'm trying to get a perspective here. We know how long trials and cases can mm-hmm. last. Yeah. How long is a, and I've never been on a grand jury right. with all the time I've served wow. in New York City as a juror and one mm-hmm. time I think even when I was living in Jersey I've never been on a grand jury. Are they listening to multiple Indictment possibilities per day? Like, is it just, is yeah. it, is, it's constant. Oh, it's just in and out constantly. There's no yeah. such thing as being dragging over for a day or two. No, that doesn't happen. Very rarely. They just keep yeah. listening yeah. to the case and then sure. voting on those yeah. and, cases. You know, we also have special grand juries as well for investigating corruption and, and, uh, and police force cases. But for the most part, they sit for two weeks. And there have been times when you've said to yourself, my oh my, has this grand jury made a terrible mistake? Because they did or did not indict? I, you know, I, I, as I say to the grand jurors, uh, 
I know that there's been a number of a number of cases where you've returned no true bill. I yeah. said, and you you know you upset my assistance. But my position is, if I can't convince, well, we can't convince you to indict. How do we, how are we going to pl- prove someone's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt? Yeah. So it serves a very very good function. Right, and I of course just lost perspective. You're always looking for the indictment, right? You've, well, we would not. Of the course, case in. understood. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying that. Yeah. So there can't be a time where they do indict and you say, oh, that was a mistake. Well, we have had that. Actually. Have you? Oh yes, I, I had a case many years ago where two cops were indicted uh, and 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 you would have thought if you were the grand jury they would not have been well we moved to set aside the indictment because but you was, need the grand jury's approval to do that no this was we, we set aside with a judge we made an application to a judge and we said that the uh, the facts do not justify the uh, the indictment wow so, what a system unbelievable yeah. all right and finally uh, a a a um, a topic, a subject, very very watchfully close by people in this building for obvious reasons. You have actually taken action against a pirate radio station. This made big news a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we of course paid very very careful attention to it. What's the story with pirate radio? Well, you know, let, let me back up for a moment. You know that since '05, I guess uh, I. I go on radio on a regular basis right. uh, Chinese, two Russian two separate Russian sure. shows you know, your great show uh, Zev Brenner uh, a Haitian show, a Caribbean show Latino show and you know, everyone over the years hocked me on this one subject, why don't you do something about pirate radio, well, you know g- give, me, uh, give me the uh, identification let me see what we can do we got lucky with two stations we were able to book commercial time and once we did that, we we got a search warrant and we hit their places and we took all their equipment. Now, if uh, anyone has any information about uh, pirate radios, they can they can call seven one eight two five zero twenty twenty five, which is our uh, command center. Give us the information, and what we'll try and do is book uh, commercial time. That's all we have to do. But it's very very difficult because many of these pirate radio radio stations are very very careful as to who they sell. What will the repercussions be for in these two cases? It's uh, Unfortunately, it's only a misdemeanor. I think that's that's wrong. I think you know, it's it's very much like counterfeiting, and counterfeiting is a, is a felony. So the, the, the max sentence would be a year in jail in a fine, and I think that has to be changed. All right, well, those of us who operate, you know, on legal terms, uh, continue to encourage you, the FCC, and all others who could play a role in this to uh, crack down. It's a very serious issue for me, and you know, if I get lucky again, there'll be another arrest. Um, J.M. and the A.M. with D.A. Hines in our studio, and uh, on September the 10th, he's looking for term number... Seven. Wow. Yeah. You and I together have been around a long time. I'm the Irish Morgan, though. <laughs> That's right. He lasted a lot of terms, yeah, didn't he? He did. My gosh. But you know, when I got sworn in in, in 1990, Bob was 70. He, he was at the time he was physically enfeebled. I mean, he was difficult to walk. I mean, he's still as sharp as can be. But uh, you know, he lasted until he was 90. Unbelievable. Well, you know what he means to our community. He's, he's something. He is yeah. something. Um, I so, D.A. Hines, uh, good luck. It's now time to pound the pavement again. Yes, it How is. How have you been spending your days? Many subway oh, stops? For example, I, on, on uh, Saturday I did 
uh, 14 block parties and one church. Wow. Sunday I did uh, four churches and a block party. I, I've done uh, a couple of subway stops. Is your borough so big? Oh, it's very big. It's very big. And, you know, we, we're, we're doing subway stops. Uh, I went to the uh, Martin Luther King uh, concert series at Wingate on Monday. Thursday I'll be at the seaside uh, with a different crowd. Oh, and, you know, the reception has been very, very positive. You know, I, I think... I think that the educational campaign I, that I started in October of '05 uh, has really begun to resonate. I think people all over the county understand the kind of programs we put in place. They understand that my philosophy has always been that the easiest thing I do is put people in jail. It doesn't take any intellect to do that. The real challenge is programs that are designed to prevent people from getting in trouble, and once they are in trouble, see if we can help them in the system. So Now can I get you in trouble? If 72nd and Broadway is the subway stop in Manhattan, mm-hmm. what is the subway stop in Brooklyn? Oh, it's got to be near Barclays, right? It's got to be, I assume, Flatbush Atlantic, right? One of those? You answered it. I'm am, like, I, I'm am I right? Is that <laughs> yeah, it? I, yeah, I think it's That's a big, the one. That's yeah. the one with the most people and Absolutely. the biggest yeah. thoroughfare, etc. Yeah. You enjoying the new arena? I, you know, I, 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 I will not pay the price it costs to get in there. Really? Even, oh, well, I mean, even with all these great players coming from Boston? For 250 <laughs> bucks, I'm not going to sit in the rafters, you know. So, but it, I think it's great for Brooklyn. I really do. And I, I, I'm, I, you know, I must say, Marty Markowitz, who we are going to miss desperately because he's term limited, unfortunately. Right. Um, he's, he did a marvelous job getting, getting Barkley up and running. Growing up, Dodgers, Mets. What was it? I was a Dodger right? fan. Dodger course, Dodger. That's why I hate the Yankees. Right. Marty, I think, also was. He, yeah. he lived near Ebbets Field, like yeah. three blocks away. I did too. I lived. Uh, what street uh, were you on? I was on uh, Hinkley Place. That's which was, uh, East Flatbush? Flatbush. In Flatbush itself? Yeah. Hinkley and Coney Island. So you knew when there was a big hit. You knew when there was a. Uh, when you heard I wasn't the that close. You no. were not as close as No, him. no, no. Not as close. Because he as actually him. heard when yeah. there was, you know, a big yeah. home run. It was a it was a heartbreaking experience when they left for for California. I never forgave O'Malley. So you haven't been out there to see them in L.A. yet? No, actually I was. I was. Out you there. actually I, went I, to Dodger I, Stadium. I did. I did. It was a beautiful stadium. Yeah, I went, it's we, no one of my field. Gra- one of my grandchildren. <laughs> it was great. But D.A. It's no Ebbets Field, right? It's not Ebbets Field. No. <laughs> thank you so much thank, for joining us. <laughs> thank you, and I look forward to coming on again. I so, appreciate that. Uh, September tenth, D.A. Hines is in the primary. Uh, again, for Brooklyn DA, and I thank him for joining us, as he has done multiple times for us here at JM. And I will remind you about this event at the Borough Park. Why? It's identity fraud, and it's a big one, as you can imagine. It's a very big category of uh, of trouble you can get yourself into if you're not aware of identity theft and identity fraud. Uh, Monday, August 12th, 7.30 p.m., DA Hines and Assistant DA Richard Farrell will speak at the Borough Park Y on 14th Avenue. As we get closer, we'll remind you about the event. 25 minutes after 8 o'clock, stories of Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach on this 10th of Av at JM in the AM. Let me share with you two Eliyahu Novi stories. One from a long time ago, and one from today. Everybody knows, everybody knows, the Heilige disease, Rabbi Nochem Chernobyl, the holy of holiest, sweetest of the sweet. All his life, all his life, he collected money for poor brides. One time the Holy Bolshemtiv told him, somewhere in a village in Russia, 
the ten brides and I need ten thousand rubles to marry them up. The Heilige Amnoble decided to go to Poland to board one of the biggest cities there were a lot of rich Jews there he decided to go to board and hopefully with God's help he'll collect 10,000 troubles let me tell you the sad story he was in board for two weeks he didn't collect even one penny he was so angry at God he walked out from the city and he stopped under a tree and he said master of the world master of the world why did you learn the master of the world if I would come in to collect money for myself you have the right to help me or not to help me I'll never see those ten brides I don't know who they are I did it for you, Rabbi Nishlan. I did it for you. Why didn't you help me? Then he said, Master of the world, I'm so angry at you. I'm going home now and I'll never collect money for poor brides. I have my own children to take care of. He was angry at God, but he was so broken inside because he didn't want to be angry. He was just torn apart. And listen to me friends, suddenly, suddenly he saw police coming and the two policemen are holding a little Jew but listen to me friends you know what the little Yiddel did while the two policemen were holding him he was dancing was dancing and he was singing and he was glowing with joy here Abnochem is free and he's sitting there and crying and this little Yidale obviously a little thief is arrested and he's blowing his mind with joy so Abnochem couldn't help smiling Abnochem says to him ah my dear Yidale my dear little Jew who are you he opens his eyes very big and he says what you don't know me I am Moshe Leganev. I am Moshe the most famous thief in Broad. So Rabnochem says, you know, I'll tell you the truth, I'm not from Broad. And I was there just a few days, so I just didn't have the great privilege of seeing you yet. But I'm so glad to see you now. Unbelievable honor. Then he says to Moshe if you're such a polished thief, how come the police caught you? I says, that's nothing. Even the most polished thief is caught sometimes, so just don't pay any attention to it. Rab says to him, Okay, Moshe Leganev, they'll arrest you and you'll be in prison. He says, I hope when you come out from prison, you'll stop being a thief. 
Shilaganov began laughing, he says, Do you know what a Jew is all about? A Jew never stops doing what he began to do. A Jew never stops. He walked away with the police. From Nochum got the message. He went back to board with so much simcha. Kassas Moshe Leganov gave him so much strength. He collected within a few days the 10,000 rubles. When he came back to the Holy Balshemtov, and the Holy Balshemtov received with his holy hand the 10,000 rubles, the Holy Balshemtov looked at him and it says, Nochum, how does Eliyahu Hanovi, how does Elijah the prophet look like? When he walks as a thief between two policemen. You understand, my dearest friends, whenever you're just about to give up, Eliyahu comes and gives you strength. And I bless you, brothers and sisters, in Russia and all over the world. Whenever you're just about to give up, let there be a miracle. Let Elijah the prophet come to you, maybe as a thief, maybe as a policeman, maybe as a rebel, who knows. But let God send someone to you to give you strength.
whenever he was just nearly caught, the police was on his tail. He would run into the Holy Bal Shento. He would run to the synagogue and look for a holy master. And he would say, Hey, Rebbe, the police is looking for me. Please, make them forget. The Holy Bal Shento put his holy hands on Moshe Lagana's head. And he would walk out happy and the police would never look for him again. Time goes by. And Moshe Laganev lives the happy life of a thief. Whenever he is nearly caught, he runs to the Holy Vashem, the Vashem to blesses him. And he's not even careful anymore when it comes to stealing. Because he knows the Vashem to always get me out. So now everybody knows that the Holy Vashem to passed away on Shurs. You know what Moshe's dream was? Because even between you and me, how rich are the rich people in Mezhebush, right? I know how poor the poor are, they have nothing. But the rich, how much can you steal? Ten rubles, five rubles? So Moishele had an unbelievable dream. One time in his life, he really wants to steal something solid. Some big stuff. So a few days before Shurs, Moishele was told the most unbelievable news. That a relative of the Tsar is carrying with some 30,000 rubles from a certain city to St. Petersburg. And 30,000 rubles in those days was a fortune. Okay, Moshe organized everything. He knew exactly the day he's coming. He knew already the, exactly the room he would stay at night. He got himself ladders. He organized all the thieves should be there. Somehow he climbed through the window, got the 30,000 rubles. And when they got down, they were so happy all the thieves were dancing. They were not afraid the police because they were shemtiful. Okay, it didn't take long. The whole city knew Moshe Laganov stole 30,000 rubles. And the relative of the Tsar, he really, he says, this time I'm, I'm not going to let it pass. I want the thief to give me back the 30,000 rubles. Moshe was not afraid. It was two days after Shurs. He walks into the smelters and says, Anita Bachendov badly, the police is on my tail. He looked at their faces. They were also said, he said, what happened? Don't you know? Shem is not in this world anymore. There's a darkness in the world. I gewalt it, he feel it. Was so clear to him, gewalt. What a friend I had. What a rabbi, because Moshe knew you're not permitted to steal, and yet the Holy Bad Shem had so much patience for him. He says, Isn't there anybody else like the Bad Shem? Didn't he leave any successor? And one of his holy students, who was very holy, but maybe in relationship to people, he was too strict. Someone says to him, yes, here in the corner is the Heilige told us Yaakov Yosef. But everybody knows he was very strict. He runs up to him and he says, Holy Master, please, I want you to know I'm a follower of the Holy Balshem. Whenever I steal the Bashem to blesses me, the police shouldn't find me or should forget about it. I stole 30,000 votes. Please bless me fast. He says, What? Are you crazy or 
something? I should bless somebody who steals. Get out of your fast before I throw you out of my own hands. You know, he was holy, but he was not the Vashemtov. He had nowhere to go. He was afraid. He went to the cemetery, found the new grave of the Holy Vashem, and he threw himself on the grave. Began crying and he said, "Hey, look about Shemtov, holy master. Do you know that everybody wants to be a rebbe master of good people? Everybody wants to be a teacher of holy people. But you, you were so godlike, you were so holy." So the rebbe of thieves, but I'm asking you, how could you leave this world? How could you forget about us? You see them, you thieves. I was crying so much. He fell asleep, and in his dream he saw the holy Balshem. But Shemtov says, Marshal, I want you to know your prayer shook heaven because it's so true. Everybody wants to deal with good people, but who wants to be a rebbe of thieves? Who has a heart for people? Let me tell you, he says, don't ever think that in the last moment in my life I thought of you, Moshele Ganev, and I appointed my holy grandson, the Heilige Befraim of Sadlikov. He should be the rapper of all the thieves of the world. But no, Moshele, I tell you, from Mezhebush to Sadikov is just a few kilometers. Since when you wake up, run fast to my grandson, and you know what you do. What Shemba says here, Moshe, listen to me. Every Friday night, I teach my grandson the way they're learning the portion of the week in paradise. Just him and I know that. Let me teach you says, Rebbe, I have to talk to you private. They went to a room and he began reciting the Torah from Paradise. Rebbe Freim blessed him. The police forgot that Moshe stole it. But this is not the end of the story. You know, after Moshe heard the Torah from Paradise, He became so holy, so exalted that the Heilige Befraim appointed him to be his successor. And you know, friends, we don't know his name because Chassidim didn't want to tell. 
that this big rubber began his career as one of the thieves of the Heilige Amazing. Michael of the Gun of One, and then Michael of the Gun of Two. Shlomo Kalbach with stories on a Wednesday, 10th of Av at JM the AM. Thanks for joining us. I want to thank, I want to thank the listener who came through with the information that we wanted. We were looking for anybody getting married tonight. Is there a wedding tonight? That's what we wanted to know. Well, Mazeltov going out to Dina Lustiger of Teaneck and Ilan Davidovitz of Englewood. They are getting married this evening according to our emailer, and we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. So there you go. Anybody else getting married tonight, let us know. And, of course, to all the Chatanim and the Kalas, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. So there you go. Wedding tonight. want to thank the folks at the OU, Rabbi Weil, Rabbi Weinrib. want to thank the folks at Project Inspire, Charlie Harari, and the amazing Project Inspire team. We had incredible programming on our stream yesterday for Tisha B'Av, which so many people have been commenting about, all because of the aforementioned. So thank you very, very much. We are heading to Camp Hask later today to record tomorrow's JM in the AM. So we look forward to seeing our friends up in Parksville at Camp Hask. And you'll hear that show tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 right here at JM in the AM. Uh, there will not be a weekly update this week. Malcolm Honline will be at a meeting in Tel Aviv at that time, so that we will not be able to present a weekly update as usual. It will return two weeks from this Friday. Weekly update will return uh, two weeks from this Friday here at JM in the AM. Live lunch with Yassi's Y coming up at 12 noon. He'll transition from a cappella selections all the way to a regular music format. Make sure to be tuned in. Noon until 2 o'clock today. Then Mark Zamek tells me that he has amazing pre-Nachamu selections. A whole bunch of great material after 2 o'clock today on our stream. So keep jmnam.org in the background all day long and enjoy it. Uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, remarkable and amazing. want to thank those who came to Mincha at the UN yesterday. A big thank you to those who were at Mincha yesterday at the UN. A, a wonderful uh, showing. And uh, greatly appreciated, I can tell you that much. Uh, Rabbi Avi Weiss reminds us that on Thursday, 8.30 in the morning, tomorrow, 8.30 in the morning, the Argentinian Consulate, 12 West 56th Street, a memorial service for the 19th anniversary 
of the precise moment when an Iranian-directed terror bomb killed 85 and injured hundreds in and outside the Amiad Jewish Community Building in Buenos Aires. Tomorrow morning, 8.30, 19th anniversary, 12 West 56th Street. Again, that's 8.30 tomorrow morning, 12 West 56th Street. Try your best to be there tomorrow morning for that. Um, what else do we have for everybody? Sunshine today with a high temperature of 92. Tomorrow is probably going to be the hottest day of the week. Mostly sunny, a high 96. Yushalayim and all the major cities in Israel at 86, a lot at 95. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Misora report 66 degrees heading up to 91. They're getting ready for a post uh, nine days mood coming up later today. I think they have a big trip tomorrow. I think there are a lot of camp trips tomorrow, actually. Enjoy, everybody, and stay hydrated and stay cool. A service remembering the outstanding cantor Moshe Shuloff, a Shloshim observance, will take place this coming Tuesday at Congregation Base Israel, 11th Avenue in Borough Park, Brooklyn, beginning at 8 p.m. Participating will be cantors Sidney Dworkin, Daniel Gildar, Natanel Hirschdick, Vincent Miller, Shimmy Miller, Zevi Muller, Benny Orgaznitsky, Usher Scharf, Nachman Schneider, Yaakov Rosenfeld, Robert Vague, and Saul Zim. Uh, Mr. Alan Berger, uh, Mr. Alan Gerber, close friend of the Shuloff family, will deliver the Hespit, and our good friend Charlie Bernhat will chair the evening. Uh, the Weinbergers, Eva and Mickey, have graciously sponsored the event, and a big thank you to Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky for coordinating the program. Uh, Marty Einhorn, the vice president of Congregation Base Israel, has mentioned how much Cantor Shulhoff will be missed, and the Shloshim service will be open to the public at no charge coming up this Tuesday night at Base Israel. 11th Avenue in Brooklyn, beginning at 8 p.m. Um, Rabbi Aaron Rakhefet, professor of the Gross Institute in Israel, will serve as scholar in residence at Congregation B'nai Yeshurun in Teaneck, New Jersey, this coming Shabbos. Drusha at 9 a.m. in the Young Members' Minion on Beyond the Classroom, Conversations with the Rav. After the 8.30 a.m. Sephardic Minion, about questionable response of the strange case of Bissamim Rosh. And the 8 p.m. Mincha on the contemporary religious situation in Israel, change within the Haredi world. He'll speak 9 a.m. Sunday morning at a breakfast in the social hall. Uh, the uh, flyer is online. If you search B'nai Yishurin, West Englewood Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey, or Barak Kefet will be there this coming weekend. And Mazel Tov going out to Yehudit and Sam Ash of Washington Heights. Their Bukhar was born yesterday on the 9th of Av. Mazel Tov, Yehudit and Sam. Mazel Tov to Hadar and Dr. Harris Bram of East Brunswick, to Mrs. Maureen Ash of Teaneck, and to great-grandparents, Rabbi Mrs. Sy and Sarah Hertzberg, uh, Mrs. Schneider in Michigan, Mr. and Mrs. Ash in Michigan, lots of folks celebrating Mazal Tov on your Bukhar up in Washington Heights to the Ash family from all of us here. At JM in the AM. Wrapping things up with the stories of Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach on a Wednesday, 10th of Av at JM in the AM. Beautiful friends in the Shomel and Dari, I'd like to share with you three deep stories, very, 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 very deep. Here's the title. See if Lublin said, we heard from Elijah the prophet. If you need somebody, so much. You need somebody with all your heart. You can bring them back from the end of the world and even from the other world. I have three stories for you. The first story is unbelievable, famous, exhibition story. 
comes to the Holy Seal for beans as Rebbe made for 20 years. God did not bless me yet with children. Please bless me. Rubina says, how much money do you have? Neither does sits down make an account. He says, Rabbi, if I sell everything, even my pillows, even my blankets, I have 10,000 rubles. Sirubin says, go home and ask your wife if she doesn't mind being poor. Then I can bless you with children, come back with the money. He's back at the while, after a little while, and he says to Lublina, I have 10,000 rubles with me. What should I do now? Lublina says to him, sit down and talk to you. Do you remember? Do you remember? Before you got married, you were engaged to somebody else. You loved each other so much for so many years, and suddenly you broke up with her, and you married your present wife. Let me tell you, the first girl has not forgiven you, and until she'll forgive you, you won't have children. This was 20 years ago. This was in Lithuania. And they'll come here in the little shtetle. Who's shtetle now? I don't know where she is. Ah, the civil being says, I'll tell you exactly where she is. You have 10,000 rubles? Go to Leipzig, in Germany. Everybody knows. 150 years ago, 200 years ago, Leipzig had the big fair. All the merchants came from all over the world. The fair is three months. Says, you have enough money for a hotel? Go there and you'll find her. You know, friends, do you know what it means to look for somebody for three months? Wherever you are, you think maybe this person is somewhere else. The last day of the fair, he has not found her yet. He's beside himself. He's running through the streets looking for her. There's rain. And he's standing under the canopy. And while he's standing there, a very beautiful lady comes also to stand under the canopy. So he moves away to make space for her. She looks at him. <laughs> and she says, Whenever I come, you move away. himself. He's looking for her for three months since the last day of the fair. He falls down to the ground and kisses her feet. She looks at him and she says, Do you have children? He says, No. He holds on to her feet and he says, Please, please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Forgive me. Forgive me for God's name, please, please. Only if you forgive me will I have children. I'm begging you, forgive me. She says, okay, I'll forgive you. The one condition. I forgive you under one condition. Remember my brother? I 
could I forget Exactly a week from tonight My brother's daughter is getting married And he doesn't have a single penny for the wedding His mom is besides himself, he's losing his mind How much money do you have? He says, I'm here for two months, I, I had 10,000 but now I have only eight She says, okay, I'll tell you what to do For 2,000 he gets himself the best horse You can change horses on the way If you get on the horse right now, you can be by my brother In the moment You give the 6,000 rubles to my brother At that moment I'll forgive you And she is walking away And he says to her Can I walk with you? And she likes And the very hard smile says to him No, where I go You can't go She disappears He runs to the hotel packs Gets on a horse And you know how a person looks like Riding on a horse day and night He arrives in the Camille And he remembers where her brother lives Her brother's walking up the house Tonight is a wedding Doesn't have a single penny Doesn't know what to do with himself You can imagine He hasn't washed in a week Hasn't combed in a week Hasn't eaten in a week Walks in he says I came to help you oh, He says please Have Rachmanus have compassion Please I'm losing my mind don't, don't bother me today Come back tomorrow He says no I came to help you I said, you must be kidding the way you look like. He says, no. I saw your sister in Leipzig. And she sends you money. He says, you're crazy. My sister's dead 20 years. I came to a city, gave a concert, and after the concert, people told me, tonight is an engagement, why don't you come? I went there and I played, I don't know, suddenly I had this terrible urge to tell the story. I told the story of the Sea of Lublin. A year later, I get a letter, and the groom writes to me, thank you for coming. Story. 
want you to know that's exactly my story. What's going with the girlfriend? The great Reb Shlomo Kalbach here at JM in the AM from the amazing series stories of Reb Shlomo Kalbach. Tomorrow, back in our regular format. In fact, Yossi Zweig is going to transition to our regular format today during our live lunch. Check it out on the stream at jmtheam.org. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite, America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, WNYX Montgomery, Rockland County at 91.9 FM, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Well, tomorrow, our big show from uh, Camp Hask. Make sure to be tuned in between 6 and 9. Friday, no weekly update. Malcolm Holmline is going to be at a, a major meeting in Tel Aviv. So, no weekly update this week, but it will return a couple of weeks from now. And um, and that is that. Later, Yassi's Zweig transitions into a regular format now that Tisha B'Av is over. Make sure to be tuned into our stream all day long at Jam and the AM. Dot org. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.